We're uh, talking about Christmas today. Last week we talked about two uh, characters of the Christmas story that we don't often hear about. Uh, can you remember their names? We'll give you 20 points if you can remember their names. One started with an S. Santa, Santa was not it. <laughs> but great guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> you might remember S. Simeon, that's right, Simeon, and then, oh no, and the woman we talked about started with an A, Anna, you got it. So if you're new here and you want to follow along with our event, you can uh, download version on your phone, uh, pop that up, go to your events section and look up North Lakes Christian Church and that'll give you um, basically your, um, this will be what it looks like on your phone, give you some notes to follow along in what we're talking about. Uh, you can take some notes in that app uh, and refer back to them later if you want to, um, but you'll need to save that that item, so that make sure that you do that. If you have any problems with that, uh, talk to our five-year-olds in the room. They'll be able to figure that out. So They know all about that technology. So last week we talked about these two characters and what they were waiting. They were anticipating something they were waiting for something regarding this christmas story what was simeon waiting for do you remember comfort that's right he was waiting for comfort he's waiting for peace and he had actually been told that you are not going to die until you see the baby jesus born and so it was a comfort to him when he finally was able to see baby jesus it was a comfort for him. He knew that he could uh, pass on and have peace and comfort. Um, and we said to you guys, maybe you guys are, are wishing for that or waiting for that around this Christmas. Christmas is, can be a, a stressful time. It's full of anxiety. It can be full of uh, difficult relationships. It can be full of different uh, things. Maybe you don't have enough money around this time of year. All the bills are piling in. I mean, I just, Lynn and I sat down this week. All of our electricity, our water, uh, everything came in December this year. Did that happen to you guys too? Yeah, it all happened. Like it all literally happened in this month. And we were like, whoa. <laughs> so maybe you're feeling the pinch. Uh, there's all these kind of stressors around this time of year. And wouldn't it be nice if around this time of year we could receive just some peace and some comfort? Matter of fact, Nick came in this morning, gave me a big hug. He says, I just want it to be over. <laughs> Not everything. <laughs> but I could feel you. I could feel what you were vibing out. Yeah, I could feel it. It's just like, I just want some peace. I just want to get out of the rat race and get on our way on this trip so that we can have some rest. And I know some of you might be feeling that way today that maybe you've been anticipating a time in your life where you can just have some peace. You can just have some comfort. Not have to worry about all those stressors, the things in life that really make it difficult. Um, what was Anna waiting for? Forgiveness, that's right. She was waiting for forgiveness. It says in the scriptures that she wanted, she was eagerly awaiting for people to receive forgiveness. We talked a little bit about last week that there might be People, there might be events in your life that you need to relook at 
and receive some forgiveness and mercy for. Maybe there's some relationships that need to be healed. Uh, maybe there's opportunities for you uh, to look at your life this last year and go, yeah, I haven't really achieved what I have really wanted to, and maybe my behavior and attitude this last year hasn't been where it needs to be, so I need to receive that refreshing, that renewal, that kind of forgiveness, and, and really start this next year off in the right foot. And so uh, that's what these two people were waiting for. So if that's where you are, if you have an inkling of, uh, of where you are and wanting to receive some of those things this season, uh, I'm going to give you three action steps today that will help begin to kind of put your, your head in the right space uh, so that you can begin to receive these valuable gifts. Because let's be honest, comfort, peace, forgiveness, mercy, are those gifts are much more valuable and much more long-lasting than any material gift that you will get this year. Amen? It's true. It's true. Uh, the, the, the material possessions that we get this year, they'll last for a little while, and we'll have some fun with them, but they won't give you the peace and comfort and the forgiveness and the renewal that your life might need around this time of year. So first of all, these action steps is if you want those things in your life, you have to become a marveler. Now, that doesn't mean that you follow all the Marvel movies. Okay. Even though those are great, okay. even though those are awesome, um, being a marveler is a little bit different. Um, when Joseph and Mary tried to process everything that was happening to them, verse 33 of Luke 2 says that they marveled at what was said about Jesus. According to the dictionary, becoming a marveler is to be filled with wonder. To be filled with astonishment. When was the last time you were surprised and astonished and shocked by something? We live in a life, our lives are filled with the humdrum and the rut. We live in a rut. We get up in the morning, we do the same things over and over again. We get bored. We do the same thing every week, week in and week out. We practice the same things. We think about the same things. And it's very black and white, isn't it? We live in this life, and we very rarely are surprised or astonished or blown away or marveled by anything. And so I want to try and illustrate that for you today. If, if you want to grab the, the lights for me, Nathan, we just have a short video that we'd like for you to look at. Hopefully, that will illustrate this idea of becoming full of wonder and marvel. Yeah, that's all right. Are you connected? as far as the video or the audio that is astonishing <laughs> all right we don't need the the audio necessarily
All right, just as that is ending, have you seen this video before? All right, so this is a, a gentleman who is colorblind, completely colorblind. And he lives in a world of black and white. And they have these new glasses that you can purchase now that allows you to see all the colors. And so his family went together and they bought him this birthday gift of these glasses. So where he was seeing colors for the very first time. Did you see the change in him? At first it was kind of what's going on here and then his whole demeanor changed didn't it that the action of his body he didn't know what to do with all of that input of color look at him <laughs> isn't that amazing do you see the wonder and the marvel in that do you see how he went from a person you get the lights for me went from a person who was living in a black and white world who saw all nothing but shades of of gray. Uh, we know a little bit about this in our family because uh, Josh, our son, is a little bit colorblind. And so uh, we tease him about it a bit. Um, but there are certain colors that he only sees certain shades of different colors. Now, this guy was completely colorblind and he lived in this, this, this world. Can you imagine not being able to look out there and see the greens of the trees? Can you imagine not being able to see the colorful uh, colors of a rosella or a lorikeet or the white snow on snow-capped mountains? Can you imagine not being able to see that for your whole life and then putting on a pair of glasses and being able to see all those colors? Now, he was a marveler. That was such an extreme change for him that he saw the world in a different way. And that's... That's what I want for us today. We have to become marvelers. We have to become full of wonder. I think we're so caught up in the busyness, the stress of this season, running around because of the holidays, taking, uh, taking the time to see the wonder and the marvel of this season. Not very many people do. So we have to almost put on our marveler glasses and take the time, take a step back from this season, and see what's wonderful and beautiful about this time. This time of year is, is very wonderful and special. And unless we open our eyes, we're going to miss it. Christmas has become predictable. Christmas has become familiar. It's the same old thing over and over. And how many people complain about all the Christmas decorations coming out too early in the stores? Uh, how many of us complain about, oh, I hear that song over and over again? You know, that's how Christmas has become to us because we're living in a black and white Christmas world. We really need to put on our marveler, wonderful uh, uh, glasses to be able to see that. Here's an idea that may help you recapture the marvel of Christmas. Pick one of the Christmas characters. Go through the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. Um, you can start there. And put yourself in the place of one of the characters in the Christmas story. And start asking yourself, I wonder what it would have been like to be Mary. 
to be a young teen and have God send his angels down and say, you're going to have a baby? What about Joseph? What about the shepherds? When angels came down and it says they were very frightened when the angels came, what would it have been like to be a part of the original Christmas story and start to begin to marvel? Think about what it was like for God to send a part of himself down to earth. Wow. Let that sink in. It's a pretty, it's a pretty deep thought. Think about the wonder of Christmas and what it what it's like to kind of experience how Jesus came to earth and how he lived among us and how he he uh, he lived a life just like ours yet he was perfect it's a huge deal start thinking about the things that become wonderful and marvelous to us become a marveler that will really bring a lot of meaning to this time of year to you if you do that. If you don't, Christmas is just going to be another Christmas, maybe even just another day to you. But if you really see, just like the guy with the glasses, if you really start to see the colors of the season, man, things become a lot more meaningful to you. Maybe even bring you some peace and some comfort. Maybe even bring you some forgiveness and mercy, the things that Simeon and Anna were waiting for. Secondly, another thing that will help you uh, receive some really long-lasting gifts this year is become a mover. Action step number two, becoming a mover. Take a look at Luke verse 27. It says there that Simeon was what? Verse 27, is anybody there? says he was moved. Anybody there? Verse 27. He was moved by the Spirit. And where did he go? He went to the temple or went to the courtyard and went to the center of town. Okay. So when Simeon was, was uh, moved by the Spirit, in other words, God was kind of leading him and, and helping him to see where to go. In verse 27, it says he went to the temple courts. Now drop down to verse 38, Luke chapter 2. Um, it says, coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God. Now that was Anna. So if you look at Simeon and Anna, were they moved to action? Were they movers? Movers, we would say movers and shakers. What do we, what do we mean when we say movers? Oh, that person's a mover and a shaker. Does that mean they just dance around all the time? That's right. They're, they're a go-getter, we might say. Somebody who, when you, you ask them to do something, they go and do it. I was just talking to a friend last night at a dinner party, and he was talking to me about he works as a, a volunteer in the emergency department. And there was some a young student that came to help him in the emergency department as a uh, for pra what do they call that practical uh, what do they call it guys work experience. work experience that's it so she came to do work experience and and my friend Ian was saying every single time he asked her to do something guess what she did <laughs> she went and did it she was a mover she was a shaker she was a a go getter somebody who she went and did it. Every, and he just he started testing her, he said, and started sending her to do hard things. 
like go into a room of a patient that was uh, maybe a little cranky. And he said, I, I just sent her in there to see if she'd go. Guess what? She went. So he, he really, and he, at the end of her shift, he said, look, young lady, if you ever need a reference, he said, come to me. I will give you a really good reference. Because she was a mover and a shaker. She was somebody who got things done. She, somebody, somebody said, oh, you should go do this. She did it. She was right there. She was a mover. Simeon was a mover. Anna was a mover. And we need to be movers. If we want to receive from God, we have to be able to be moved. And we need to be able to act. Um, Mary was ready to move when she said to the angel, may it be to me as you have said. Remember when uh, the angel came down and said, hey, you're going to have a baby? Did Mary just huddle up in a corner and say, no, not me? No, she said, okay, bring it on. That's what, that's what that phrase means. Coming, uh, uh, she said, may it be to me as you have said. In other words, bring it on. Let's do this. She was a mover. She was just like that little girl in the ER. She was a mover. We need to be movers. Mary was ready. Joseph demonstrated that he was a mover when he woke up from his dream in Matthew 1.24 and did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. He went straight away and did what the angel told him to do. The shepherds were movers. Can you imagine if the shepherds never went to see the baby Jesus? You know, the angels came down and told the shepherds, hey, there's a baby born in Bethlehem tonight. He's going to be the savior of the world. And the, the shepherds go, eh, who really cares? It's not all that important. But they didn't. The angel visited and they were movers. They took that first step. Oftentimes when we hear anything about how God wants to move us, what do we do? <laughs> or talk to the hand, God. Don't want to move. I don't want to listen. The shepherds were movers. The wise men were movers. We just sang about the wise men. When they saw the star in the sky, they did what? They packed up and moved. Let's go see this Jesus who's going to change the world. And whether you believe in him today or not, you cannot mistake the fact that Jesus changed the history of the world. And these wise men wanted to go witness that. They wanted to go see it. And they wanted to, to, to bring him some gifts and give him the honor and the glory that was due him. They were movers. They didn't make excuses. They didn't say, no, it's not important. When God came a-calling, they moved. And we should be movers as well. God prompts you to do something, then we need to do it. It might mean salvation for some of you. It might mean surrender for some of you. It might mean, mean that you change your life a little bit. It might mean some adjustments in our head. Um, but nonetheless, we need to be movers. We need to ask ourselves, are we willing to move? Don't put it off. When God prompts you to do something, do it. If you do, God will bless that and you will start to see and receive long and permanent gifts. Here's the truth. Christmas splits people into two camps. Since Jesus has entered the world, he has divided the human race. Jesus will cause the falling and the rising of many. Because of who Jesus is and what he came to do, it forces people into two camps. It forces people to make a choice, to make a decision. The Bible uses this imagery. 
Jesus is either a rock that you build your life upon, or he is the rock that you stumble over. It's the choice. Jesus is calling each of each of us to make that choice. It's, it's like you're walking down a road and one day you run into the cross of Jesus and you go, well, what do I do now? I have to make a choice. I have to make a choice. Jesus is calling each of us to a decision based on our willingness to move, our willingness to respond, and it will either cause us to rise or fall. You can't stay neutral about it. You are either for him or you are against him. You're moving closer to him or you're moving farther away from him. You're either, uh, you either have the, the Jesus of Christmas or you don't have the Jesus of Christmas. That's what it means to move, to have that motivation. And so we, we would encourage you to be movers, not avoiders this year, or people who sit still or don't go anywhere. We encourage you to move. Lastly, thank goodness, um, become a messenger. Become somebody who uh, is interested in becoming a messenger, somebody who will tell others. Interestingly, interestingly, as we work at becoming marblers, we can't help becoming movers, and that leads us to this final action step from this passage, becoming a messenger. If you notice in verse 38 of, of Luke chapter 2, it says, Anna gave thanks to God and spoke to the ch about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, of, of uh, Jerusalem. So as soon as Anna had uh, had contact with Jesus, what happened? The first thing she did was go tell others. She was a messenger. She talked to others about him. We have family. We have friends, right? We have people in our sphere, the people that we come across. Maybe they're caught up into the preparations for Christmas, the, the busyness of the year. Look at it this way. Maybe their anticipation and longings really represent an inner search for this comfort and forgiveness that Simeon and Anna were waiting for. And through you walking that walk with them, maybe there's some opportunities for you to hear their story, but also to share yours and to have some conversations, to have some talks about what this Christmas season is really all about. This is kind of like the story of Jonah. Have you ever heard of Jonah? We talked about him a little bit last week. Jonah was given a directive by God. What was it? It says, I want you to go to a town called Nineveh, and I want you to tell them about me. And what did Jonah do? His first reaction was, yes, God, I really want to do this. No, exactly the opposite. I do not want to do this. And so it says in the scriptures that he started walking in the wrong direction. He just went as far away from that direction as possible. And God brought him back to the very shores of Nineveh. And he reluctantly went into town and with a five-word message, <laughs> the whole city 
was saved through that five-word message. These thousands of people came back into relationship with God because of what Jonah did. But was he happy about it? He still wasn't happy. Even though he saw God move, even though he saw what was happening, he was a reluctant messenger, wasn't he? Sometimes we're like that, right? Oh, do I have to say this? Do I have to? Do I have to talk to this person? Do I have to reach out and love that person because that person's not all that lovable? Yet God expects us to be his messenger, even when it can be very, very difficult. If you look in the, the book of Jonah, it concludes with this particular uh, verse. It says, should I not be concerned about that great city? The Lord asked. It's a rhetorical question. So he's actually explaining to Jonah, are you saying that I shouldn't care about these people? Are you saying that just because you hate these people that I have to hate these people? And Jonah still didn't get it. I guess the question is, can we get on board with God's message? Because if we can't, it's going to be a really hard thing for us to be his messengers. Because we'll forever be doubting God and his message. And we need to be on board. We need to align our hearts with God's heart. And the only way we can do that is look at people as if God is looking at them, not us. Because we look at people and we what? First thing, oh, we judge them. Uh, we look at people and we go, oh, well, they're too old or they're too young or they're too pretty or they're too ugly. Or, you know, we, we have all these judgments. They're from a different place or, you know, they don't look the same as everybody else. We have all these kind of preconceived notions or maybe they're too loud or maybe they're too quiet. I can't relate to them. I can't connect with them. We have a hard time seeing people as God sees them. We need to really open our eyes. I wish we had glasses, just like the guy in the, the video. I wish we had glasses. We could put our glasses on. We go, oh, I could see all of what God sees in you. I can see the potential that you have. I can see the heart that you have for people. I can see just everything that motivates you. I can see all those things. God sees all that, but I sometimes wish we could see all that because when we look at people, we could see them differently. Wouldn't that be great? I think if we did that, it'd be a lot easier to share the message. It'd be a lot easier to, to be his messenger. So I think we have some questions to ask ourselves this afternoon. Um, are we in sync with God? Um, can we get on board with his purpose, with his big picture mission? Can we align ourselves with with his mission and with his message? Those are the questions we have, have to ask ourselves before we can become messengers. God cares about our personal issues and desires, but I think he also cares probably even more about his bigger picture and his message and his mission that he wants to carry out in this world. Do you know what the mission is? He wants everybody to be in connection with him. He wants everybody to be in relationship with him. No matter who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background, no matter what their stage of life, no matter where, what they're doing at this present moment, he wants everybody to be in connection with him. And sometimes we don't. And so we need to, to 
rectify that in our own minds. And we need to ask ourselves some of those tough questions. God calls us to bring our hearts into alignment with his, not the other way around. Because oftentimes we live like, live like we are trying to align his heart to ours. You see the difference? There's a huge difference. It's exactly the opposite of one another. So we need to adjust our hearts to align with his. And if we do, guess what happens? Our whole perspective changes. Our wonder and our we start begin to marvel at the things of this world. We begin to, to look at things differently. We become, we become faithful enough to move when he asks us to move. And we become faithful enough to say what we need to say when he asks us to say it. But it's only when we realize that we need to adjust our hearts to his, to lift our eyes and to see the wonder that he has, to open our hearts and allow him to motivate us and to move us. When God asks us to go, we go. I hope you don't forget that little girl in the ER. That's what I've been thinking about the last few days. Just, whoop, where do I go? What do I do? Got to go do, oh, where do I go? Oh, this person's hard? I don't care. I'm going to go do it anyway. We need to be movers. And lastly, to open our lips and be ready to share the message. Perhaps with a little more enthusiasm than Jonah. I hope that we will lift our eyes, open our hearts, and open our lips. And if we do those things, the comfort, the peace, the forgiveness, the mercy, and the grace of this season will flood our hearts. And you won't even care about the gifts and the material things of this world because you will have received much richer rewards and gifts than you would ever imagine. Just have a think about those people that you've witnessed that have these things in their life, this peace, comfort, grace, and mercy. Don't they make you mad sometimes? As they're going around, they don't care about the, the material things of this world, and they don't care about all the things that we care about sometimes, and they're just kind of going through life, and they're having such a wonderful time of living. Those people often make us mad because we don't have that same thing in our own lives. And I'm telling you, you start to put some of these things in your life, man, God's going to bless you. And God's going to really guide you and direct you, even through the most difficult of circumstances. Uh, you will find peace and comfort and grace and forgiveness. Amen? Amen. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Um, if we're not going to see you this next weekend, and we wish you not only some good, fun family times and some wonderful times of sharing and giving and receiving, but we wish you and pray for you that you would, Begin to open your eyes and see the wonder, the real wonder of this time of year. So let's pray. Now I think we have some, uh, some good eats. Don't forget about Saturday night. Okay, Carol's here. And also don't forget about January 5th. If you're kind of a hands-on person, not much of a Carol guy or girl, uh, not much of a, a praying type person, maybe, maybe you're more of a physical work type of person, January 5th is a really good time to go and help us out. Uh, for four hours, doing some painting and just kind of rubbing shoulders with the community and uh, showing them how much we love them by working with them. So uh, 
let us know if you want to be a part of that. So let's pray. Hey, God, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for just being with us today. I uh, really uh, appreciate the way you've been blessing and, and reaching out to people uh, today. And it's really obvious that, uh, that you are motivated to bring people to yourself. And we would just ask that you would help us to be thinking about that. Help us to be marvelers. Help us to, be, uh, to feel the wonder uh, of you and how you have created this world for us. Uh, help us to be movers when you ask us to go. Help us to go. And certainly, Lord, help us to talk to people and have conversations about you and uh, what a difference you can make in this world and in this life. Um, go with us, guide us. Uh, give us a great week. Uh, be with the Mercers as they leave this week and, and many others who are traveling, Ruth and others. We would just ask that you protect them and bring them back to us safely. So uh, bless this food and uh, help us to have some good fellowship. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.